Good day, and welcome to another edition of The Journey Life with Dr. Joe, where here we know journey living is holistic living, living of the mind, the body, and the spirit. I'm so glad that you've taken the time out of your schedule to listen in to this podcast. Uh, each week that goes by, it seems as if we're getting more and more listeners, more and more participation, and I hope you are enjoying these particular podcasts. Um, the more feedback that we can get, of course, the better it is as we move forward. Today's show is going to be very, very, very special. And in just a few moments, I'll get into um, actually what the show is and why it's going to be different than what you have been listening to heretofore. I want to give a big shout out to all of the individuals who make this possible, our screening team, our newsletter team, as well as our production team, the journey administrator, and all of you who are equated or connected to this particular podcast directly and indirectly. Without you, there would be no Journey Life podcast. So kudos to you all. I always try to First of all, give credit to where credit is due and it is due to you guys. Uh, now, as I said before, um, today's show is going to be a bit different. Now, what you have to understand for those of you who are listening to this podcast for the first time, the journey is a holistic process. It was something that was started in 2011. We're going about four years strong. We've had ups and downs just as anything else, but we've been able to touch the lives of more than 2,000 people across the country, which is great. The journey is a holistic process and holistic living. When you hear that word, holistic living is about mind, body and spirit, mind, body and spirit. It's my personal belief system. If we are going to be the most complete self that God made. It cannot just be one dimensional. You have to have you have to be focused physically on your body, on your mind and or your emotions and on your spirit, spirituality. All of them are important and necessary for sustainable, authentic change. So heretofore, all of the questions that we've been the recipient of have been physical questions, questions about diet, about exercise, about um, illnesses, things to take. And that's great. But today we're going to switch gears. We're going to deal with something, some emotional things. Want this first kind of different podcast to be something that most people deal with. And for that reason, I have selected the subject matter of emotional baggage. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Emotional baggage and how to get rid of it. Emotional baggage and how to rid yourself of it. And the beauty of this is, you know, no matter how old or young you are, what your gender, what your gender is, where you're from. All of us have some emotional baggage that we can release. And all of us can learn something about it to live a more stress free life. You know, living your life is much like traveling. 
you know, for years when I first started to travel, the difference between a rookie traveler and someone who's been doing it for a long time is people who've been trapped. Rookies will oftentimes when they go out of town, they'll pack everything. They'll overpack three, four, five outfits a day. And sisters, y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, all kind of thing stuff you don't, you know, you, you get on the trip, you get there and you find out and you realize you didn't use half of what you brought. But the more you travel, the more you learn that something that makes traveling very painless is when you pack light. And you got to look upon life in the same way, the more baggage you take with you in life. The more you care about what other people think about you, the more you allow what your exes are doing, the more you allow uh, what others are saying and what they're up to. The more of that stuff you pull around with you, the more unenjoyable life becomes, the lighter you can pack, the better your life will be. Okay. Now, the first thing that I want to do is I want to, from my vantage point and my perspective, define for you what emotional baggage is. All right. I'm defining emotional baggage as any experience whereby the wounds of your soul. You have not healed from them spiritually or or emotionally. Again, emotional baggage is any experience whereby the wounds of your soul, you have not healed from them spiritually or emotionally. So in other words, emotional baggage is when you have some type of traumatic experience. And the effects or the manifestations of that experience still bothers you to this day, and you're still holding the anger, the grief, the anguish. The hostility. That is what I am defining as emotional baggage. Now, when you look at it from that vantage point, I'll guarantee you the vast majority of people who are listening to this are individuals who say, you know what, Dr. Joe, I have some stuff that I need to let go of. Now, let me give you a scripture that goes with this before we get into the crux of the message. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and you be thankful. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Colossians 3.15. Let me tell you something. Peace of mind is a priceless commodity. And when you walk around here, ladies and gentlemen, holding on to stuff, being weighted down with emotional baggage, you can't have baggage in your life and remain in a state of what the word says as peace in your heart. Let the peace of God rule your heart. That's happiness. That's authentic happiness. That's when I'm not worried about what others are thinking about me, what people have done to me, what my exes have done, my childhood, things that I'm holding on to. I let all that stuff go. And when I let that stuff go, 
the peace of God can rule my heart. I'm always happy. I've got joy. I've got peace. And that joy and that happiness and that peace is not connected to earthly circumstances. Okay. Now, let me take some time and go over a few examples of traumatic experiences that could have led or could be leading to your emotional baggage. Number one, rape. Rape is arguably one of the most, one of the worst things that could happen to any person. And it's one of those things that there is life after rape. There is a place of peace after rape. There is a place and such thing as a woman having a healthy relationship after rape. But that traumatic experience creates wounds that are so deep that there are many of our sisters who never recuperate from that. All right. That's a type of baggage. Molestation. Molestation. Abandonment. You know, growing up and your father left you, your mother left you, you were put up for adoption. Feelings of that people weren't there for you. Are these all examples of things that could be creating emotional baggage? Lack of support. Feeling like you had to do it by yourself. There are a lot of individuals who had to be adults when they were still children. That can create a resentment that can create issues that can create that part of your life to where you felt like you missed out on your childhood. Didn't have the support that you needed being cheated on. OK, I'm just going down a short list of common things that people experience that could lead to emotional baggage. Now. At this moment, I want to switch gears and I want to show you what happens to the soul. When we experience these. Traumatic experiences or these similar like traumatic experience, what what happens spiritually? Well, the best way for me to explain to you what happens spiritually and how and what really emotional baggage looks like is take your let's say, for instance, you have your wrist and I take a knife and I cut you on your wrist. What happens? It hurts. It bleeds. You have to wrap it. You have to care for it. It 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 affects your ability to use that arm, to use your hand when you're moving and tussling and laying on the on the bed at night, the, the wound is weeping. It causes traumatic pain for the next few days, for the next few weeks. And the deeper the cut, the longer, the more pain and the and the more the pain is bothering you. Now. Once you move out of that initial stage of being cut and pain, then you move into a stage of healing. It begins to scab. It begins to mend together. Now, just think if. That wound. And when it begins to scab and heal that you continuously pick at it. 
scratch it, tear it, cut it, mess with it. When you continue to do that, then you have a wound that never heals. That is probably the best example of what spiritually happens whenever we as human beings experience any traumatic experience. So it can be one of those things that I listed, rape, molestation, abandonment, lack of support to be cheated on or anything else. First, there's the blow of it when you're cheated on, when you're raped, when you're molested, when you feel lack of support, when someone leaves you. It's deep. It hurts. It causes pain. You can't think straight. It affects everything in your life and it affects people all around you. And then when time goes by, right? When that day turns into a week, that week turns into a month, the month turns into the years and you get over the trauma. Your body, your, your, your soul is trying to heal. But what happens is when we don't heal correctly and we hold on to things, it's like taking that scab off and you never heal from it. So today there are individuals, ladies and gentlemen, something has happened to you. 10, 15, 20 years ago, and you still are holding on to it. That's baggage. You still haven't let go of it. That's baggage. That wound is still on your soul. Now, let me tell you something. When the soul is wounded through emotional baggage that we carry, through traumatic experiences, when the soul is wounded, we don't let go of it and we walk around with that baggage, that baggage of hate, that baggage of anger, that baggage of getting back. What happens is that wound, watch this, will manifest in some type of flaw in the personality. Okay. Many times when a person has a traumatic experience. And they don't heal from it properly. Let me show you what will develop. Things like trust issues. See? Sexual promiscuity. Alcoholism. Drug addiction. Social withdrawals. A lot of times when women are raped or molested. They can have experiences clinically of social awkwardness in relationships. Sometimes they can't express being romantic with any other man because they were violated. And logically, it makes sense. They don't like to be touched or sometimes they can be hypersexual. Same thing with men. When a man is molested, he can oftentimes grow up. Not having healthy relationships with another woman. When a person is cheated on, you're always thinking that the next person is going to do what your last one is. So you're paranoid going through phones and text messages and and all of this stuff that dr dr that's driving you crazy. That's nothing more than emotional baggage that you have not let go of. That is nothing more than a wound of the soul that has made its way as a flaw in your personality. When you see people who are proverbially like when we use the word crazy or off or something's wrong with them. 
They're not born that way in many instances. It's based upon stuff that happens, trauma, wounds of the soul that were never healed, emotional baggage that they continue to hold on to, that they won't deal with, that they won't let go of. Now, let me switch my gear for the third and final time. Because now I want to tell you, because when you're, when you're speaking from a platform like this, you want to speak to as many people as possible. And at this moment, I want to speak to you to let you know, what is it that most of us, what, what, are, the, what are the entities, what are the, what are the experiences in life where we are the recipients of wounds of the soul? In many instances, the emotional baggage that we carry around is the emotional baggage that comes from relationships that we involve ourselves in. So let me just give you a couple of tips, a few pointers of common mistakes that we make in relationships. Okay. The first mistake that we make, and I want you to pay attention to me, is we have romanticized the concept of relationships. And I'll explain that. People, when they look at television, when they look at Hollywood, are chasing that presentation of a relationship in their own life and see what happens is love has three different interpretations. According to the Greeks, you have phileo. That's where that's brotherly love, sisterly love. You got a, your friend, your ace, your BFF. That's phileo brotherly love. That's where Philadelphia comes from. The city of brotherly love. You have agape agape is unconditional love. Agape is the love that uh, that God has for us, his children, that a mother has for their for their child. Even when they're wrong, they're still loved. It's not agendered. It's not connected to anything. But the third element of love is erotic eros. That's love, sex. Chemistry, that's the one dimensional love that is presented in Hollywood is always connected to sex to romantic, um, rom a romantic bond, kissing, lust, erotica. So as this presentation of, of what a relationship looks like is presented to us, when people are looking at that and looking at television shows, the concept of relationships have been romanticized. But a relationship is more than just erotic love. It's not about just how good sex is, how good the chemistry is, how how um, how I feel when we kiss each other, when we hold our hand, each one another's hand. That's one dimension of it. And what happens is when that's the only outlook of what you think love is, you are basing your relationship on a house of cards that's going to fall. 
when what you look for is something that speaks to the erotic side of you. It's going to come a time when that leaves because anybody who knows anything and let's be real about this. It changes. It's not the same. There's a difference. And if there if there's not a spiritual connection there, if there's not a friendship there, if there's not a partner there, if there's not a cheerleader there. You're setting yourself up for a temporary fling. Most of our emotional baggage is formed because we involve ourselves in relationships that are physically stimulating, but spiritually empty. When you connect with a person, that deep connection, that's more than being romantic. That's more than just being physical with a person. Now, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. On a lot of health and wellness magazines, um, you see a lot of men and women with unreal physiques. You see these guys with these huge muscles, you know, they're like 4% body fat. You see these women with these eight-pack abs. The vast majority of those individuals on those magazines are taking some type of anabolic steroid. Bottom line, I'm not saying all of them, I'm saying the vast majority of them. So what happens is when everyday people like me and you pick up those magazines and we see those bodies, we begin to formulate an expectation that is not realistic. So we begin to work hard, we begin to, we begin to, to eat like we think we're supposed to, and we never achieve those levels because one of the main reasons why those individuals are reaching those levels is because in many instances is not natural. So that's the point that I'm making. With how Hollywood presents relationships it's presenting relationships in a way that in many instances that stuff is only going to exist on television on the silver screen. OK. The second common mistake that we make is we Remain in relationships with people we know aren't good for us. And somebody is listening to this nodding your head saying, I, I be doggone Dr. Joe is spot on. I know it. We stay with people. We see the signs. We see they aren't any good. We see that we aren't growing from it. But we stay anyway. You know what keeps us in relationships? You know what keeps us in something even though we know it's not good for us? Fear. Fear of what? Fear of not finding someone else. Fearing, fear of not wanting to face the facts that the person you are with is not the person that you know you need to be with. That's fear. Let me tell you something. When you let go of something, the pain is temporary. But when you hold on to something that's no good, the pain can be permanent. Okay. Keep moving. Number three. Third mistake we make. We define cheating 
as a physical act. We define cheating as a physical act. There are people out there that feel that as long as I don't have sex with someone else, as long as I don't kiss someone else, as long as I don't romantically, physically involve myself with someone else, I am honoring the marriage or the relationship or the commitment that I'm in. And that is the farthest thing from reality. Remember, we are spiritual beings. There are other forms of cheating. Now, when you have a commitment with a person, whether you are married to them, whether you're in a committed relationship or whatever it is. What you're doing is you are committing to sharing a certain mutual spiritual space with them. You see. You are sharing a place, a, a, a space with them that no one is going to connect with them on this level. No one's going to connect with you on that level, but you and him, but you and her. OK. That's what you're doing. Now, when you have sex with another person, you have compromised that state. Of course, sex just talking to folk who are married. Let's keep it biblical. But y'all can apply that to your own life wherever you are. I'm just keeping it real. Now, when you are sharing a space with a person spiritually, yes, if you have a physical involvement with another person that is compromising that space. However, ladies and gentlemen, there are ways that you can share intimate spiritual spaces with other people and you're not having sex with them. This is how people set themselves up for failure. See, sometimes you can be having issues in your relationship, right? But that friend, quote unquote, that coworker, may be giving you attention in ways that you're not getting it at home and it causes you to maybe expose yourself on those intimate levels to that person when that's not really appropriate. And what you've done is you put yourself in a situation to where you are having and sharing a another space with a person um, that is outside of the person that you are committed to. And when you've got two individuals who are sharing the same spiritual space, you create emotional interference, a.k.a. confusion, a.k.a. I don't know what I want, a.k.a. they get on my nerves, a.k.a. what should I do? So if you're going to commit yourself to another person, it's not just about physical sex that honors that relationship. But it's about committing to not sharing that space with anybody else but them. And y'all are listening to this. You may not like hearing that. But you know, I'm right. <laughs> OK. Last comment that I want to make and I'll close things out. When people are in relationships, they date 
too soon. What, is, what does he mean by that? Let's say, for instance, you've been in a relationship with a person for a year, six months, two years, three years. You've been married 10, however long it is. What happens is time you break up, you run out and date everybody you ever thought you wanted to date. That's the worst thing that can happen, because what happens is when a relationship ends. I don't care how it ends. If it's in divorce, if it's let's just be friends, there's going to be some type of impact that that ending of a relationship, that tearing from a person who was in your life, that's going to be a traumatic experience. I don't care who you are. It's going to mark your soul. And what happens is when you date somebody else too soon, you ignore the fact of the of the wound that you have. So you never give the wound time to heal. People sometimes need to embrace their singleness. Many times we think that being single, that something's wrong with us. That's what one of the reasons why I have issues with with a lot of the ways that many singles ministries and churches are conducted. It's almost like it's a support group. There's nothing wrong with being single. Singleness is a season for you to improve upon yourself so you can be your best self for who God has next for you. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes you need to reflect and you can't reflect and focus on you when you steady trying to date and hook up with somebody else. Another mistake that people make is you can date someone and you're not really satisfied with where you are. So you'll 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 date other folk just to see what's out there and still stay in what you're in. You set yourself up for emotional baggage. Why? Because when you're in a relationship with a person and things aren't going well and you tip out and you begin to entertain other people, even if it's not physically, what happens is you blind your judgment you start to look at who you're with right now in ways that is not accurate. A lot of times people can be in relationships and they'll meet other people and then they'll leave who they're with for the other person and it never works. The reason being is because when you're in that relationship, that other person is fulfilling a need within the context of you being with somebody else. But time the person you're with leaves, then basically you're dealing with a completely different individual. It's like, hey, what happened? It blinded your judgment. If you're going to leave somebody. Leave them based upon, you know, that I'm in something that I know is not good for me and I need to get the heck up out of Dodge. And right, guys, I've given you my best. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have questions, hit us up. You can hit me on Facebook. I'll respond to all of them when I post this. Facebook.com forward slash truth knowledge light. It's a fan page. So the way to have interaction with me, you have to like the page. If you desire to do if you desire to do that, we look forward to that. We look forward to the kicking off of the third and the final journey session. 
this year, 2015. We're going to start things up on September the 14th. That's Monday coming. We look forward to that. I want to invite all of you out to the prayer vigil, which will be at 2283 Baker Road, the 14th of September at 7 p.m. We look forward to that on that night. If you have a question, a comment that you want to ask, be certain that you email us at askdrjoe at formyjourney.com. And remember, you don't have to just ask a physical like question. You don't just ha- you don't have to ask um, something that's just spiritual. You can ask one of the three, all of the three, whatever it is that you want to ask. If it's mind, body and spirit, which is a lot of different things, you be certain that you ask and I'll be do my best to answer the question the best way I can. Well, fam, here we are. I hope you've enjoyed things and we're closing things out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, this edition. Big shout out to all of you guys who are tuning in to the Journey Life with Dr. Joe. Remember, journey living is holistic living, living of the mind, body, and the spirit. If you want to ask me a question, ask Dr. Joe at ForMyJourney.com. Until next time, you be well, you be blessed, and we'll see you next time. Peace, love, and blessings. <laughs>